Welcome to Radical Resilience, the podcast. I'm your host, Pega Kadkodian. Resilience is more than just learning to bounce back from adversity. It is both a spiritual and practical journey of returning to the essence of who you are. With Radical Resilience, life can throw anything at you, and no matter how tossed around you get, no matter how hard you fall, you have the ability to get back up and come home to yourself. Hear the inspirational stories of women who embody radical resilience and learn the resources you need to reclaim your passion, purpose, and power. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to Radical Resilience, the podcast. This is your host, Pega Kadkodian, and I am so excited about today's guest because she is my dearest and oldest friend on the planet. I'm just excited because she and I often have these amazing phone conversations. And the other day I thought, man, I wish we had recorded all of this for the podcast because this would just be such really juicy stuff for our listeners. And so we just decided that we were going to go ahead and do it because not only is she my dearest friend in the whole wide world and someone who I consider my soulmate, but she's also an incredible recording artist. She has five albums out that you can enjoy. She is the winner of this year's Midwest CMA Awards for Songwriter of the Year, and Americana Artist of the Year. So if you have not checked her out, her name is Sarah Morris. And I have to add this last little bit in there. The intro music for this podcast that you guys are enjoying is written than none other than Miss Sarah Morris. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Pega. I love it. There was a lot of ado. That's right. Sometimes that's what it takes because we really do have to be elevating each other and championing each other. Yeah. The reason I asked Sarah to be on the show is because we were having a conversation about self-quarantining in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and the very, very real challenges that come with that. I mean, certainly parenting is a challenge anytime, but especially right now when we're being asked to be inside all the time. So talk to us about your current parenting situation. So my current parenting situation is, I mean, by all standards of COVID-19 parenting situations, good. We have two kids and two puppies. Uh, You're going to hear a puppy soon because even though the kids are respecting the fact that they need to be quiet, the puppies have no sense of respect like that. Um, You know, and we live in a house in the suburbs where there is plenty of room for us and we have a yard and, and that is all good. You know, suddenly where my kids used to go to school and see peers and teachers, uh, amazing teachers who would teach them things. Now they they get each other and they get me and they get their dad and we're together all the time. And that's a real thing. And so I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. And I think those are pretty solid ages for quarantine sanity because uh, I know they're not trying to run off with friends somewhere. <laughs> I know where they are. And also they are old enough that they play super well together. So those are some of like the gifts. Some of the challenges are I am a musician, a self-employed, you know, (laughs) entrepreneur in a way. And my husband is, uh, has a wonderful nine to five job. So he goes out and he goes and works those specific hours in his specific space. And my space, which used to be the daytime when my kids are at school and the house where I could wander around with my song ideas and my guitars, you know, now my space is everybody's space. And so that's a, taken some getting used to. <laughs> um, also, the uh, idea that we are now 
our children's main teacher is something that I've been resisting wholeheartedly, even though my head knows that like, this is the real deal. Like my heart is like, no, no, no. You tried teaching once. It made you want to drink so much box wine. <laughs> and that's, that's something, you know, our, our listeners should know is that, you know, you were a teacher at one time and, and even for you, this idea of having to be your children's full-time teacher is like, no, thanks. <laughs> And I think it's no thanks for my kids too. You know, I, oh gosh, what, you know, I'm like a person who likes to set intentions. And so I have very, you know, kind of formally started out my morning with some intention setting towards today. I will be, you know, the teacher my child needs. And, and I don't know if like the universe is like bullshit <laughs> or what. But, you know, as soon as I go to my kids and I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's get in. They're just like, I mean, I've gotten so many literal eye rolls from my seven-year-old in the last two weeks. (laughs) So they're resisting it too. You know, like, it's like none of us are really ready for this to be the truth. We love each other and we have a lot of fun together. And yet we are people who enjoy our independent time, all four of us, you know. That's a really important thing to highlight, which is, you know, just because you, you know, have this, you know, wonderful, loving, healthy family dynamic doesn't preclude you from also saying, holy shit, like this is hard. And sometimes I just have had it and I need some alone time. I don't think that those things are mutually exclusive, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, and even like some things as, you know, our house could allow for alone time for all four of us. Absolutely. Or I, we do live far enough from people like that. It's comfortable to go on a walk. You know, it's not an, like I can go on a walk and not see anyone for a while, but still, you know, it's hard to get away from each other. It just is. (laughs) And I feel like my daughter has, she's at the stage right now, um, she likes alone time and I assume she's learned it from her mom specifically asking for it. But the way she wants alone time is she walks around in circles in our living room. And if someone tries to talk to her, she says, can't you see I'm having alone time? And, and it's charming and I fail you. And it's also like, but we're all right here. It's just kind of impossible if we're looking at you you know, it's, it's a, it's a hard thing to do. We've talked about how Millie is, is so incredible. And she's like your spirit animal because she just had, she's just this little like Buddha baby. And she has been, since she was born and is just constantly dropping wisdom bombs and has been such an amazing teacher. And I just want to say, although, yeah, in that scenario, it's like, well, honey, we all see you. How cool is it that she's able to at, what is she? Six years old? She's seven. Yeah. She's saying, with incredible congruence, can't you see I'm having alone time right now? And she's maintaining a boundary. And so yeah. what I'd love to do is, is get into, you know, those are the very real challenges that I think our listeners can certainly relate to if they have families yep. and they have children at home. What I'd love to talk about is what are you doing? Because I, I know you and I know that, you know, you have your sacred time in the morning, you know, when you're yeah. doing your morning pages and you go for your run and that's sort of a, that is part of your radical self-care routine that is a non-negotiable. How is yes. that? And, and I assume you're still maintaining that even in the midst of all of this. So it, I love that you said boundaries, because I think one of the things that this 
time has brought to my attention, made me think more specifically about is how do I handle boundaries? You know, Brene Brown's thing about how the research shows that the most wholehearted people are also the most well-boundaried people. Yeah. I love that. And I also think like in a lot of ways in my life, I've never been really solid at putting boundaries up. But the thing that you just spoke to, which is my morning routine, is a boundary that I started a few years ago and has been incredibly pivotal for my mental health, my creative health, all of those things. And maintaining that in this time is sacred to me. Absolutely. You know, I, so my deal is I learned a while ago that it, the only way I'd have the creative time I desired was to wake up before the family and the family used to wake up a lot earlier than they do now. And so I got into the habit of waking up between five and five fifteen, and that's where I have meditation and I have uh, my morning pages and I do some reading that feels like it's going to the spiritual gym reading. So I get these things done before the kids wake up and knowing that, you know, time is so much more fluid right now or flexible. I think it would have been easy once school started not happening to not wake up early, but I have still set my alarm for 5.15 every morning. And then, yes, I go on a run. And it's funny, I had my first day a couple days ago where I was just like, what the hell? Why? I'm kind of tired. Why don't I just stay in bed? Like, what am I even going to get up and do this for? And then I was like, oh, because I love that cup of coffee in silence. And I love sitting down with my morning pages and I love getting out to run while the colors of the sky are still doing like magical morning things. And so that has been, you know, that's my promise to myself and my, my boundary with my family, my kids. It's so funny because Pega, I mean, you've met them. They're both spirited and there's so many (laughs) rules that I've like entertained or been like, yes, we're going to do this now. This is going to be our new routine that haven't stuck. But something that is magically stuck with my family is mom does not see your face before seven o'clock. <laughs> and Millie, That's great. It is. And, and you know, Alistair doesn't want to wake up that early anymore, but he knows if he does, he's in his room till seven. And Millie, I've heard her tell her teachers like, well, I'm not allowed out of bed until seven. And, you know, and it's, it's a real thing. Um, the other piece that I've added to my morning and I don't is on Instagram, I've been taking a picture of my of the sky on my run every morning and captioning it something, including heart emoji. And I feel like for me that's been a way to like extra keep the promise to myself, you know, like, oh, I gotta get on I have to do that. That's my thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna see the sky and I'm gonna share the sky. And um yeah, so making those little those little deals with yourself to keep going and to keep sanity happening. I think that's amazing. And just to sum it up for our listeners, you know, what you're really talking about is you have some promises that you've made to yourself that are non-negotiables. You know, they're so clear that your family abides by them, no matter how many other things they may not abide by. They know that this is the rule and that for mom to be the best she can be. She's got to have this time. Can't see mom's face before seven. And of course, I know that you have maintained this routine for yourself through thick and thin, like even when you haven't been physically feeling well. And so what I 
really want to encourage our listeners to do is to figure out what that is for them. You know, what is that thing that you need that is your radical self-care thing, whether you do it in the morning, which I highly encourage, or at whatever time of day you do it, that is your daily thing, that is your promise to yourself, the gift you're giving yourself, and you're doing it for no other reason than it's something you do for you. And I'll just admit that I, you know, I was in a pretty big funk yesterday, as I think many people have been, because it's like a, you know, veritable emotional roller coaster, even from one hour to the next in the midst of this COVID-19 thing. And for me, I had to recognize that I have been neglecting that morning routine that I'm so committed to, right? So I have been getting up and just kind of jumping into my day without taking that time in the morning. I call it my God time when I, you know, get up early and I take Jack, my dog for a nice long walk and I'm in nature and I'm listening to some wonderfully motivational thing on YouTube or just an audio book and really kind of filling my well. And it, you know, came to no surprise to me yesterday that I didn't have the bandwidth you know, for my business or for my team or for anyone else for that matter, because I just haven't been as committed to that practice with consistency. And so my invitation to everyone that's listening is, you know, figure out what that is for you. What can you do before you start your day to really set yourself up for success? It's going to be different for everybody. I think for most women in particular, we don't really know what our boundaries are until they get run over. And then we go, oh, that was a boundary. You know, like, oh, that was a boundary. I didn't even know that was a boundary. And so I would love it, Sarah, if you could speak a little bit to how, how did you set that boundary with your family um, in, in a really loving and yet firm way and and what's made that work? So 10 year old son and seven year old daughter. And I would say that I have, I have done morning pages. So the book, The Artist's Way, just to back, I mean, I know that you know how important that book was to me. But I had done the book, which is a 12-week course on creativity, and it centers around these morning pages. And I was not particularly a morning person ever in my life before this. But having kids, kids tend to wake up and, you know, start their day early. And so that got me kind of into that, that rhythm. And so then back in 2013, I did The Artist's Way and committed to morning pages again for 12 weeks and found that, you know, setting my alarm and forcing myself to get up before the kids had paid such, I think, paid dividends, right? Like, I I don't know if it did. I'm not financial. I'm musical. But it paid a lot. (laughs) Like, dividends is great for sure. Yeah. But it it paid my um, my spirit and allowed me to have more to give my family later on. And so once I kind of got turned on to that idea, um, it started to grow. I started to have a lot more creative success, right? That's before I started writing albums again. And it led me to doing this songwriter challenge. And so as I kept going through the journey, adding tiny bits on tiny promises to myself each time, you know, I invoked like my partnership. Like I asked my husband, you know, I need your help early on in, for lack of a better word, training the children (laughs) to respect the boundary. He was very, very helpful and committed to, you know, like, well, 
gently walk them back to their room. We got them clocks. We either taught them how to read the clock or we got one of those little kid clocks that started to glow bright green when it was time to show your pretty face to your mom. You know, and if they would get up earlier, I would just say to them, I love you and I can't wait to see you. I have to see you at seven, (laughs) you know? And so I feel like I was just so committed to the day in, day out of that, that, um, that they eventually got on board and now it is just an accepted thing for them. And my husband, he likes to stay up late and he likes to sleep in. So now, you know, he had to really help out set the foundation for success, but now it kind of runs in a really, um, steady way. And I've also had funks lately, like some serious, serious funks. And I tend to have them in the middle of the day, but when I go to bed at night, like I have this thing that I get to look forward to, right? Like I know what the next morning is going to bring because I'm going to bring it because like, there's so few things you can control in this world, but I can control this little bit of heaven that I've created for myself. I love that. And you know, what I really heard inside of what you just said there was that you recruited uh, help, right? So you said, look, uh, this is a boundary for me. And you expressed that, you know, very clearly and with a whole lot of love to your husband, you recruited his help in that. Um, because you guys are a team. And then you guys together communicated that to the kids, again, with a lot of love and compassion and patience. And um, you continued to remind them of that boundary, even when they didn't necessarily want to keep it. And so that right there, I think, is a lesson that any of us can benefit from, which is to say, once you discover what the boundary is, even if you've discovered it after someone's run over it, no big deal. Sometimes that's the only way we know what our boundaries are is to go, Oh, that was a boundary because you just ran over it. No matter what that is. Now that you know, you are empowered to speak up for yourself and say, this is a boundary and to do it in a way that can be heard. Right. So we don't want to be talking boundaries when we're triggered and activated in the moment in a state of high emotions, we're going to express a boundary when we can be, calm and centered and do it with love for it to be the most effective. And then to continue to reinforce that and to continue to remind our loved ones of what those boundaries are. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, you know, for lack of a better term, training the kids, because it is a sort of mental training that we're doing with our kids, our loved ones to, you know, even with ourselves to say, as I'm reinforcing this with you, I'm also training myself. I'm also training my own mind to say, this is something I'm committed to, and I'm going to continue to be committed to it every single day. There's this incredible book out there. I don't know if you've read it. We're, we're both such avid readers. It's by Jeff Olson, and it is called The Slight Edge. And in that book, he talks about the benefit of, of sort of compound interest or the compound interest effect that, you know, we think that success is an overnight thing, but it's not really. It's the culmination of these little things that we do every single day. It's little, little, little tiny actions. Like you said, tiny promises that we make to ourselves that we continue to do every single day. And then there's a compound effect of that. You know, I look at your amazing success in your music career and it's not something that happened overnight. It's something that, you know, you have worked on diligently for probably as long as I've known you. And you and I, you know, love Elizabeth Gilbert and and we've talked about how, you know, there's the jackhammer and there's the hummingbird and you have with, when it comes to your music, your creativity, 
had that level of commitment of being the the jackhammer, so to speak, where you do it every day. It's sort of this beautiful discipline that you have, even on the days when you don't feel like it. And when you say discipline I have, I mean, I would say discipline that I have forced, you know, made myself have, or I've like learned it. None of this is how I was when I was in high school necessarily, you know, like I feel like, or when I was in my twenties, even when I lived in Nashville, like the diligence came for me once I had the kids or once I discovered that I wanted them to see a mom who was fully living her life, you know, and chasing the thing that lit her up because I know then that I have more to bring to them. You know, I mean, I believe that so strongly. And so all of that, I don't want anyone to hear this and think, well, she's maybe just always been a morning person. And she's because, because that's true. You know, just like, well, I've known you long enough to know that's not true. <laughs> the morning person thing. You know, like, <laughs> Well, I I think it's important that we keep it real and that people do realize like, hey, we're not putting this idealized version of ourselves out there. Like the truth is, this was a discipline that had to be learned, you know, like for you, for me, for anybody who's up to something, we didn't come out of the womb this way. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, certainly not. It was something that we had to, you know, practice and continue to reinforce. And even on the days that we didn't feel like it, like you said, it was like, for you, your your why, you know, what I'm hearing you say is I wanted to be this model for my kids so that they could see what it looks like for someone to really go after their dream and to do it consistently, you know. And for those of us who don't have kids, we may have a different why that gets us up out of bed every day, but we have to have that why, you know, as far as like, why am I choosing to get up at 6 a.m. or for you, 5.15, when I'm certainly not a morning person, like why have I conditioned myself to become a morning person? Um, because I know that I can show up the best possible way for me, for all the people who I do serve in the world, you know, but I think it's important for us to, to stay connected to that why. Yes. I, I had to, I did some like boiling down my why recently. And you know, what I came up with was my why is to serve my family and my songs, because I always feel like my songs are this gift, you know, like I just feel like they, they come to me in the same way that I luckily got these two kids. Right. So, so everything I do comes down to those two whys. And what's interesting in, in time of COVID, (laughs) you know, is that now I don't have the same kind of space to the boundary of like, oh, when my kids go to school, I'm serving my song. Or when I go to my show, I'm serving my song. And when I'm home, I'm serving my kid. Like that is all leading together, right? It's it's like there were lines, there are no lines. Mm. So songwriting for me, like is something that I still, I know I need to do it. The first few, so what would you say? We're in week four, week, like entering week five, maybe of this. Girl, I don't even know. I've lost track. I don't even. And by the time this airs, I don't even know what week we'll be in. So when it first began that week, like I was going sideways everywhere, you know, like, and I was like losing my patience with my children and with my husband. And we were trying to find ways to have like adult heated conversations in the middle of the day when the kids are there and, you know, and looking at all of it, it was like, I was scared how I would get these things done when their boundaries weren't there. And then what I needed to do was make some more boundaries and be clear about them. You know, often I still have that default where I want to please everybody. And so I'm 
unlike Millie, who can say I'm having alone time, like I want to kind of, <laughs> I want to kind of sneak my alone time in and have no one know it, you know, like so that no one feels slighted. But I have had to say like on Mondays, it's going to be songwriting day, or I've got this, you know, appointment I'm going to do on Zoom and treating all of that just as sacred as I would have even when they're here and balancing that with, of course, their schoolwork. That is awesome. That's it, right? So whether we're in the midst of a global pandemic and we're being uh, forced to stay inside and get our boundaries tested, or we are just living day-to-day life, our boundaries are going to get tested. And it is so important to set the boundaries, revisit the boundaries, reinforce the boundaries, and then sometimes make new boundaries. And, you know, even though our kids might be, or our families or our partners or whomever might say, well, but this is not how it was. The old boundary was this is to say, well, yeah, I can appreciate that. Thank you. And yeah. we have to play by these new rules now because this is the situation that we're in and this is the the climate that we're in. So I just love it. I think this is uh, stuff that all of our listeners can benefit from, whether they have kids or not. But certainly I know many of our listeners do have kids. And so I think this is a really important dialogue for us to engage in. I am so grateful that you do continue to honor your songwriting time because your music is such a stunning reflection of you and your, you know, you, the way that you look at the world. Um, for those of you who don't know her yet, uh, mm. get to know her. You can find Sarah Morris on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and a variety of other streaming services. Uh, I think, you know, even Alexa. I'm maybe a little bit biased. And I think, you know, just given that she's won these awards this year, it's it's not just me who oh, is sure. one of her biggest fans. There are a lot of people who would agree that her music is incredible. Songwriter of the Year, Americana Artist of the Year, the uh, Midwest CMA Awards. So check her out. Uh, her latest album is called... It's called All Mine. All mine and make it be all yours because it is stunning. So Sarah, thank you so much for taking some time to uh, connect with us in the middle of your busy day and and on all the commitments you have to your kids and your family and your music. We certainly appreciate everything that you've shared with us here today. So thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Radical Resilience, the podcast. We will be back again next week with another amazing guest. For now, with lots of love, light, and aloha from my heart to yours, namaste. I'm Pega Cadcodian. Thank you for listening to Radical Resilience, the podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Be sure to go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and rate. And remember to share this with all the amazing women in your life. Join us next week for another episode of Radical Resilience, the podcast.